The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself. Because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order? Cashback guru? Low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you. Because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store. Even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. I'm Clay Link, alongside RotoWire.com's lead prospect writer, James Anderson. James, we have the pro- the trade deadline to talk about, some new arrivals as well, some surprises, at least as far as I was concerned, uh, as far as promotions go. But I do want to talk a little bit about the main event. We joked a few weeks ago that if we slipped out of the top 50, we'd just pretend like, it never, like we never were in the main event to begin with. Uh, it has happened. We've fallen out of the top 50 overall, but I think for accountability reasons, you know, we have to talk about what, what the hell's happened. I, I really don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's, uh, just been an issue of our, our hitters haven't been able to, uh, allow us to gain ground where we need to gain ground, uh, probably batting average and, uh, stolen bases. Um, I mean, we we went into the year uh, with Byron Buxton and Oscar Mercado as as two of our top 
three or four steals guys. Uh, and so yeah, we've, we've how you win got, the main event. <clears throat> gotten very, very little production out of those two guys for steals. So obviously not a surprise that we are bottom third in our league in steals, even with having guys like Tatis uh, kind of carrying us there and, um, you know, just wins, wins and strikeouts on the pitching side. Uh, then, it seems like every know, night I'm expecting to just finally get some wins, but it's like they're just impossible to come by for. It seems like every day we're getting zero wins. It's like an, it's like a joke on us. If if okay. one of our starting if one of our starting pitchers pitches a gem, it's it's still like at best a fifty fifty shot of whether we're going to get a win from that guy or not. Yeah, um, we, we rolled the dice you know, on had, Chase Anderson. He actually pitched really well. Yeah, we we had a Chase Anderson gem to begin the week, and uh, no no win there. And uh, yeah, we definitely have had a handful of ones where a starting pitcher just dominated, and then the bullpen blew it. I mean. This happens to, to everyone, so it's not a issue that's unique to us. And still have, uh, I, I still think we we can rally and and at least cash in our in our league. I mean, looking at the standings, we've we've got a pretty good foothold in some of the tougher categories to, to gain ground in. Uh, we just need to start racking up the the wins and the Ks. And the fact that we were starting four closers earlier in the season kind of set us behind there. Um, so, and, you know, we've got what, almost 30 saves. So we'll with each ensuing week, I think we'll, we'll probably be pushing more and more, uh, fringy starting pitchers into the, into the mix. And, uh, hopefully that doesn't sink us in ERA and whip where we've got a really strong foothold. Yeah, I definitely think we still have a chance in our league. And I think that'll be our main focus, uh, obviously, and then we'll see what happens in the overall. But, you know, we need some steals out of Mike Talkman, who we overspent on, quite frankly, last weekend. But, look, you can't take it with you. There are, what, three more fab periods, and I think we still have close to a uh, 100 bucks left maybe. But uh, well, Talkman will be a big big factor for us because we, we actually need him to contribute now. Yeah, we, we really do. Uh, we, we could really use – three or four steals from him over this final uh, three-plus weeks. Uh, thankfully, I mean, it was a crushing blow to, to lose Jacoby Jones for the year last night, but <laughs> he did he did chip in a steal on his way out the door. So, uh, Oh, did he? I didn't see that. That's great. Yeah, I want to thank him for his service this year. I mean, he was been, he's was he been huge for us just as a $1 ad, I think, in the first fab period. Uh, so if we rally and – come out on top of our league, I'll never forget Jacoby Jones. Hopefully we can pull it off. Uh, it seems like ever since that Maeda, you know, taking a no-no into the ninth and then that win was squandered, it seems like wins are just, we're just alerted yeah, to we've, him. We've been kind of on, I feel like our whole team's sort of been on tilt since that. Yeah, uh, it's like I had bad karma uh, from like, you know, <laughs> getting too excited during that, during that. I'm not that superstitious, James, just a little. Stitious, but I do feel like ever since then, I, you know, that feeling was so good. Oh, Maeda's killing it for us. And then ever since the, the bullpen squandered it, it's been really downhill for the whole team. Uh, but hopefully we get it, get it to go together. Hopefully we get Clark Schmidt up, although I'm starting to think, you know, that stash has been, you know, it's not going to really bear any fruit. What do you think? 
Well, uh, I have that on the, we could talk about it. Um, so I'm jumping around my, on the outline. Here. My, my hope, my hope is that, you know, we, we've, Mike Clevenger is supposed to be our ace. That's a big reason why we're behind in wins and strikeouts. But my hope is that Clevenger just shoves over the final. Uh, you know, hopefully maybe he gets four, four or five starts here. Um, and then uh, I I still, I know Sandy Alcantara had a rough outing his last time out. Um, but I, I still think he's a guy that we're hopefully going to be able to lean on down the stretch. And then, uh, just kind of reading between the lines with Schmidt um, and some quotes from Cashman, it sounded like Schmidt was an option this past weekend and they didn't need him uh, and they just wanted to use Davey Garcia since he was on the 40-man and they could use him as the 29th man for that doubleheader. Um, but it sounds like Schmidt's ready and I think the fact that the Yankees didn't go get uh, like Lance Lynn or, or anyone like that at the deadline. I still think he's he's coming up um, potentially this week. Even uh, now, if he's if he's not up this week, um, maybe we just kind of have to cut data. I don't know who, who our other drops will be. Obviously, Jacoby Jones will be a drop. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't close the door on Schmidt coming up. Definitely disappointing that. Uh, they didn't slot him in there, but it, it made sense just from a 40-man roster standpoint. Yeah, I wonder, from what I saw, Davey Garcia looked pretty good. Um, so just not really forced their hand yet, although they've been decimated by injuries, but they're still uh, afloat a little bit. Uh, James, before we move on to the draft, or I'm sorry, the deadline, just relating to Schmidt, the question you have here in the outline, who's up first, Mackenzie Gore or Schmidt? What's your lean on that question? Uh, well, I think Schmidt will get a start before Gore will get a start. Uh, I think they'll probably be up within, I don't know, seven to ten days of each other. But I think based on what the Padres did at the deadline, the fact that they didn't call upon Gore earlier this season – uh, when they could have justified it uh, as, a, as a starting pitcher. I think that that signals to me that Schmidt is a rotation option and Gore is not. Very interesting. Well, we'll continue to keep an eye on it. Uh, but relating to the deadline, I want to say first, just give you and Adam Wolf and you know all the news guys on our crew a ton of credit for how you guys handled the the trade deadline. It was a lot busier than I expected, quite honestly. I was hanging back, looking to do some quality control, but every time I went to sweep and you know, check some things, everything was already done. So, like, the batting order changes, the closer grid, depth charts, you guys were all over it. And so I just wanted to commend you for the great job you did covering the deadline. What were your general thoughts on what we saw on Monday? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, – it just – it wasn't um, – that big of a deadline even by recent year standards just in terms of uh the quality of prospects that got moved um you know that's that's been a trend for for a while now probably for about five years where you see fewer and fewer big name prospects get moved as teams are trying to hoard those uh resources 
and are not as interested in taking on uh, veterans, uh, especially especially on the position player side. Um, but definitely interesting. I mean, you know, when you have a an ace get moved, that's always interesting. And um, yeah, I mean, I hats off to all the teams that went for it. I mean, I, your Reds went for it, or didn't necessarily go for it, but they didn't they didn't cash out their their chips either. Um, so big props to all those teams. And yeah, I mean, I think the the Padres getting Clevenger was obviously the big move. I, I think that there are kind of wide ranging opinions on that haul. I think it's one of those ones. Um, it's not the same type of trade, but it, it reminds me the reactions, I think kind of remind me a little bit of the reactions of like when the Diamondbacks traded Paul Goldschmidt to the Cardinals and you sort of have like baseball Twitter, like the, the baseball Twitter that you and I sort of live on. It's, it's mostly populated by, uh, fantasy baseball players or fantasy baseball uh, touts. And so everything kind of gets viewed more through that lens, I think, than just a straight-up baseball lens. So uh, the Clevenger Hall probably doesn't look that great when you have a bunch of fantasy analysts looking at it, uh, similarly to the way the Goldschmidt Hall didn't look that great, um, just from a uh, fantasy slant but i think that if you kind of like obviously that i mean i cleveland the way that they have approached you know from an ownership standpoint i i have nothing but disdain for for cleveland's ownership group and their unwillingness to try to compete while they have francisco lindor in the last year of his contract i mean they're they're competing but they're not doing everything they can to compete they're making lots of moves just based on money and you know with, with little regard for uh, improving the, the product on the field. So, I mean, I, I have nothing but disdain for their ownership group. Uh, but I think that they gave themselves, that they gave themselves a ton of outs here uh, with that package and their track record specifically when it comes to pitching development. I mean, I, I'm going to bump Joey Cantillo into the, uh, into the top 400. Um, I think that they, they're probably going to maximize him i think that cal quantrill has been sort of um you know he he wasn't getting the opportunities that i think he deserved in san diego not necessarily that he was better than the guys they had in their rotation but i still think he's a a starting pitcher not a multi-inning reliever and i think that cleveland's is as good a spot uh for him to maximize that potential as, as anywhere and then like austin hedges i mean that there are probably few players in baseball with a bigger gap between their fantasy and reality value than, than Austin Hedges. So getting him as a, a number two catcher, I mean, with him and Roberto Perez, you might have two of the top three or four defensive catchers in baseball. Uh, and then they gave themselves some position player flyers. I'm not super high on Josh Naylor, um, but I think Owen Miller's a, a very interesting uh, prospect, not quite a top 400 guy, especially going to a, a Cleveland system that's now just extremely crowded uh, with position players, um, but I mean, I think he's he's an interesting flyer. So um, you know, I think that that one, you, you know, obviously Clevenger just a much uh, more high end asset than anyone that that Cleveland got back. But I I think that they have uh, they got a lot of talent back in the deal, and I think that their forty man roster in a year or two is going to be kind of where 
we're looking at like the the Rays and, and the Dodgers 40-man rosters being at just in terms of pure talent up and down the roster. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, that 40-man depth is super important. And I remember, I, you know, when that trade happened, I texted you. I said I was pretty baffled by it. And I've been in that, that camp you mentioned where just, you know, as a, you look at those guys like Naylor and Quantrill. Hey, I'll never forget Quantrill's save for us in the main, by the way. Yeah, um, yeah big. That was huge. One out save. Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, but I just, you know, you just, I think maybe it was Joe Sheehan who said, you know, four twos don't make an eight or something. And that's just, I, I just felt they probably would want a better 1A piece back, but maybe they valued that depth over some of the other options they had in moving I, Clevenger. And there may be something we don't know. I'm, I could see this there being more to the story with Clevenger that we don't know yet. Yeah, I, I do not. Um, I don't get great vibes from him in terms of just like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, he doesn't strike me as like a guy that's just going to be this like 10 year ace type of guy. I, I don't know. He's all, he's already 29. Um, you know, he, he's pitched like an ace um, for a couple years, but uh, yeah, I, I think that it's, it's it's an interesting one. I mean, I think, I think then them trading him is, you know, tells tells us that maybe they didn't expect this to necessarily continue um, for the foreseeable future. Uh, obviously, they knew what they were doing when they traded Corey Kluber. They didn't get much back for Kluber, but it's just it's hard for me to imagine that like Mike Clevenger was available and there was some better offer out there they they passed on. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that every every team would love to have Clevenger, and if you're going to move a, an ace like that, you're going to let those teams know that he's available. And there are plenty of contending teams that could have easily topped that package if they'd wanted to. And the Braves were in, right? <clears throat> and several other teams could have had you know put us together a similar offer easily. Yeah, I mean, the Yankees could have topped it. The yeah. Dodgers could have topped it. I mean, there's there's lots of contending teams that could have topped that package. Uh, the Rays, the Rays could have topped it if they'd wanted to. Um, so, yeah, yeah I, I think it's interesting that 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 was probably and and look, they probably value. I'm not exactly sure which guys in that trade they they value way more than the consensus, but I'm sure that whether it was Quantrill. Um, Hedges, you know, whoever it was, like I, I'm sure that they they liked uh, some of those guys more than most people on the internet do. Yeah, I do kind of worry about Clevenger's plant leg. I know that was the knee he had some he had surgery on and struggled with, you know, having confidence in that plant leg early on this season. The command wavered a little bit, um, but yeah, I just think too the whole situation where you know he traveled back with the team after. Plesak was already suspended. I don't know. I think maybe we'll find out more about that whole situation down the line, but it is just fascinating. And I I want to talk more about the, the deadline because we got a lot more to touch on. But a real quick note from our friends over at Stat Hero. Has this ever happened to you? You nail a perfect daily fantasy lineup, but when you check the rankings, it's the same old sharks in the top spots. You're constantly playing the fantasy lottery with nothing to show for it. Well, now you can play something better, Stat Hero. Stat Hero provides daily fantasy survivor pools with smaller entries and easier chances to win. No more sharks and no more competing with the masses. You compete against Stat Hero, that's it. If you beat Stat Hero, you get paid. It's that easy. 
and players are loving it. Here's why. Imagine playing a survivor pool that pays you out every time you advance. You beat Stat Hero, you survive to the next round, you get paid. That's it. And contests keep going until there's only one remaining. The more people eliminated each round, the more money there is for you to win. Keep beating Stat Hero, keep getting paid. Download Stat Hero today on iOS or Android or play the new desktop on stathero.com and see why the face of Daily Fantasy has changed. So, James, you mentioned that this was not a deadline that saw a lot of top prospects move, but I did think it was a little more active than I was expecting. Lower-level moves, a lot of players to be named later. Uh, and the Reds, you know, bringing in Archie Bradley, Brian Goodwin. I was happy with it. Uh, former Red... Uh, traded in Taylor Trammell, his second time traded. He goes to Seattle now. That outfield could look pretty good in the future. Uh, I would say probably the biggest biggest uh, prospect name move, right? Am I forgetting anybody? Yeah, he's the only guy that's really remotely close to a top 100 prospect. Uh, he's, he's a top 100 guy. Uh, it's, look, it's it's really never good when you get traded twice before you reach the majors. Yeah, it's a um, bad sign. Regardless of who you are, how old you are, what position you play. Uh, so the, I'm I'm probably or I, I'm going to probably bump Tramel down like a, a, a tiny bit in the rankings um, because I I was sort of getting the and I look I, I think I probably got fooled by. Uh, the the Padres or the Padres beat writers or whoever on this. I mean, I I felt like the all the signs, all the noise coming out of there were very uh, good uh, omens for what he was going to be with that team and, and his future role there. So um, obviously, I don't think that they saw him as someone that was going to help them a ton this year, if at all, uh, this year. So. They're clearly going for it. I think that there's, um, yeah, they're one of the few teams where I think that there is an ownership mandate of making the playoffs and, and maybe doing a little damage in the playoffs this year. Whereas, like a lot of teams are kind of just treating this as sort of a, a a wash year where it's not not the end of the world if you don't really do anything in the playoffs, um, just because of how much variance there's going to be with the new format, but. Um, yeah, not a, not a great sign that he was traded again. Uh, you know, I think they, they obviously like Austin Nola and some of those arms. Um, yeah, Austin Nola commanding a hall, baby. I, <laughs> I was surprised by that. I saw somebody mention that he's like a new favorite of the analytics community. That's news to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, well. It's uh, he, he definitely he definitely commanded a haul. I would not have expected that, but um, yeah, I mean the the Mariners now have have uh, one of the better systems in the game. They've got you know got the high end position player talent. They've got three really good pitching prospects. They've got the the lower level potential star in the Welby Marte. So there's there's a lot to like there. Um, it will be like you know odds are that. Kyle Lewis, Jared Kellenick, Julio Rodriguez, Taylor Trammell, like they're they're not gonna um, probably all be awesome. So like it probably won't be a huge issue. Uh, performance will probably dictate 
who the three starting outfielders are there, but if they were somehow to all be awesome, it would be interesting to sort of see how they would do sort of a shuffle there with the designated hitter. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it definitely doesn't, uh, seem like a guy like, uh, Jake Fraley is going to have a, a long rope at all, uh, going forward, uh, because it does seem like they, they've got a bit of a, a squeeze there in that outfield. And gotta, gotta think Sam Haggerty's me. <laughs> I can't even say it. <laughs> With a straight face. <laughs> Behind Taylor Trammell, who would you say the other most notable prospects moved? So to me, the, the next two, I'm not sure what order I would go, but the clear next two for me are Gabriel Arias and Kendall Williams. Uh, Arias going to Cleveland in the, um, in the Clevenger deal. He's kind of, to me, like if if it all works out for him, he's kind of Jonathan Scope's offensive profile, but at shortstop and providing value defensively at shortstop. Like it's it's you know there's not going to be much speed there um, by shortstop standards, so that's you know kind of a bummer for for fantasy. Uh, but he's got raw power. He's been really, really young for all of his levels. And I think he was the second youngest guy in the Cal League last year, but was uh, was one of the 10 best hitters in that league, especially over the final few months. Uh, he cut his strikeout rate down uh, below 25% over the final few months in the Cal League last year. Uh, so I think he's... You know, it's, it's not exactly clear what type of player he'll be just because of how young he is and the fact he hasn't played at double-A AA or triple-A, but could be a power-hitting shortstop who doesn't get on base at a high clip but hits you know, 265, 270 maybe. And then uh, Kendall Williams, that was a, that was a great get uh, by the Dodgers in that Ross Stripling trade. Uh, the Blue Jays have been one of my favorite orgs uh, for the past few years with just which type of pitchers they target in the draft. And he's, he's exactly the type of guy they go after. Yeah. Six, six, uh, one of those guys where even if he doesn't add velocity, he's got enough stuff to, to make it work in the middle of the rotation, but you, you, he's still 20 years old. Um, big frame, uh, strong kid. I, I think you could see him in the the mid to upper nineties when it's all said and done. Uh, especially now the Dodgers have their hands on him. So, uh, really high upside pitcher that they got back in that Ross Stripling deal. And I feel like this is now like two or three trade deadlines in a row where the Dodgers are not only contending but they're also improving their farm system at the deadline. Um, they obviously made the big splash to get Mookie Betts in the off season, but, uh, they are just, (laughs) they're just that team that is in complete control of everything where they don't really have any areas to upgrade. I mean, if you're a Dodger fan, you'd probably say they should have upgraded the bullpen at, at each of these past few deadlines, but, um, they just, they, they go out and they improve their farm system, despite the fact that they're one of the absolute strongest contenders in baseball. Yeah. It's pretty impressive what they've done, what they've done. I, Part of me kind of hopes that they continue to fall short of the ultimate goal, but this run of success they've put together and what they've built for future years is really, really impressive there. And 
Uh, we'll see. I think you know over the last five years they've been the class of baseball, but just haven't gotten over that hump. And uh, but it is amazing what they they do. And I saw that they could literally go winless the rest of the way and still make the postseason. So we'll see what if they can finally win the World Series. Uh, James, we talked a minute ago about the Mariners. I'd be shocked at this point if they brought up Jared Kelnick, and I don't think it'd be smart to. There's really no reason. But the Pirates said, hey, let's see what this Cabrian Hayes kid can do. Um, I'm a little surprised. I mean, I thought over a full season we'd probably see him, but the Pirates kind of in that same boat where it's like, eh, maybe you don't burn that, burn that service clock quite yet. But maybe Hayes is not that quite that kind of prospect where you – are looking six, seven years down the road? Um, you know, I, what I think it was is I think they, they, you know, he needed to be challenged. Like he needed to improve this year. He needed to develop and he probably wasn't developing much at their alternate site. He's a guy that, uh, you know, if, we, if this was a 162 game season and he had, I mean, he got COVID uh, back in the spring. So like if this was just a normal 162 game season, I think we would have seen Hayes up for about 130 games. And, uh, I think it's part of it too, is you, there's something to be said for just doing right by the player when it's that sort of obvious, uh, you know, this isn't a, a Kellenic situation where the guy's like 20, 21 and he's, he hasn't played a triple a, like, Sure, you know, yeah. he, he paid his dues in the minors. Uh, the glove's been ready for years. He, it, there's been some, so a few years older. Yeah, there's been some underwhelming uh, offensive lines for him in the minors, but it's not like he's been bad offensively. Uh, and I think it just, you know, you want to give guys like this a chance. I think we're seeing that with, with other teams too. I mean, the Marlins have been doing this all season. Like, there's nothing wrong with bringing up a guy uh, – if he's in over his head, you, you can send him back down. If he if he hits the ground running, then that gives you information you didn't have before going into the off season, and you can kind of say, "All right, well, Hayes looks like he's a keeper. He, he belongs. We can we can build around him." Or maybe you see something where you're like, "Oh man, I don't know if it's going to work with this guy. I don't know if he's going to hit enough." Um, so there, there's value to be had in getting that information before the off season, and I, I just you know hats off to the Pirates for for doing this. I think they. they probably waited a little bit longer than maybe they otherwise would have uh, for super two purposes. But, um, you know, it's not every night's not going to be like it was last night in his debut where he was just doing it on both sides. Just, just really looked awesome. But I think it is important to point out that this isn't a guy that hasn't hit for power because he doesn't have raw power. It's, uh, you know, he's played at a lot of pitcher friendly environments in the minors um, he has power. Like we saw that in the futures game uh, a couple years ago. Um, like he, he's a guy that has, he's got enough power to hit 20 plus homers. And it's just a matter of, um, if the, if the hit tool is as good as it can be, I think he will get there. And he's a guy that also is, is much faster than your typical third baseman. So I think he will chip in a little bit on the bases. And, and we saw him uh, putting his defense to work last night as well. Yeah, a double and a homer in his debut. Good for Cabrian Hayes. And I think you're right that there's something to that doing right by the player, maybe just good karma. And 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 also, I mean, maybe the Pirates or the Padres, 
you know, didn't move up their competitive window by starting Tatis in the majors last year. But you never know. I mean, that extra experience, and it does seem like that window's moved up. So, you know, doing right by the player and the fan base, too, I think. And in, in this situation does make some sense. I don't really see him as a Kelnick-type, you know, future star of the game, But and I don't think you have him ranked all that high. But you do like Hayes. Do you like him as a mixed-league type of, type of ad this weekend? Um, I'd have to see what, let me, let me pull up. How about this? I'll pull up, uh, like the free agents in our main event league and look at the best available third baseman because yeah, I'd take him over, you know, we got to drop Jacoby. I'd, I'd take him. <laughs> you, you take him over Jacoby rest of the season? Oh, yeah. I think that's going out on a limb, but I just mean like, you know, he's well, definitely getting picked up, but. So I'm looking at the best third baseman available in our main event league. Um, I'd take him over Andres Jimenez. Uh, even though Jimenez has six deals, I just think from accounting, like a runs and RBI standpoint, Hayes is just way, way better. Uh, Camargo, like, Ty France. I mean, I guess Hayes versus Ty France is maybe interesting because France is, is probably going to play uh, – close to every yeah, day now. I didn't mention him, but he's, you know, that change of scenery, he's kind of interesting now too. Interesting. I mean, Hayes versus Edwin Rios is interesting. Yeah. Uh, Rios came back and, and was ready to roll last night coming off the IL. So in Rios versus Hayes, you kind of have the, the playing time edge goes to Hayes, but with Justin Turner going on the IL, maybe, maybe they can find Rios um, playing time. So yeah, I mean, I think, I think Rios versus Ty France versus Hayes. I think, I think they're all kind of in that same ballpark there for mixed leagues. Yeah, I think he'll definitely be picked up in the 15. And maybe in the 12, it's not so much of a slam dunk. He's Yeah, he's not a 12 team. Yeah, guy, like in the stake league down to 12 teams this year, I'd be kind of surprised if he got picked up. Maybe a $0 ad, but uh, maybe not. That's a, that's a pretty high threshold to clear a 12-teamer uh, in this day and age. Before we move on, a word from our new sponsor, PropSwap. The smart sports better knows where to find the best odds before placing a bet. That's why we always use prop swap. Take, for example, a Fernando Tatis to win NL MVP ticket that sold on prop swap. The ticket sold at eight to one odds. That's right, eight to one. Every local casino has odds of just three to one for the same wager. It's obvious prop swap customers always find the best odds because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. Come join us. PropSwap is the edge you've been searching for. Don't delay. Go to PropSwap.com today. The smart sports better knows where to find the best odds before placing a bet. James, what about uh, Jazz Chisholm, another guy that I was a little surprised to see along with Hayes? Um, this Marlins team is actually fun. I'm, I'm kind of rooting for them now. with my Reds, so just got awful. <laughs> Horrible to watch. Just a disaster. Um, but – you know, Jazz, I'm kind of wondering, is this more kind of like a, you know, like a understudy internship type thing, or is he actually going to play close to every day to get his feet wet? Uh, I think he's going to play close to every day here over the next week. Uh, I think that I saw a tweet from uh, Jesse Sanchez of, of MLB Pipeline that they were going to try to get him um, – close to everyday playing time at second base. But Miguel Rojas 
left last night's game with a with abdominal soreness, that could definitely be an IL type of situation. Um, so if he's out, then I think Chisholm's the everyday shortstop. Uh, this is, I mean, the Marlins have really, I mean, the bar to clear to be a model MLB organization these days is, is very, very low, just in terms of doing the right thing from a baseball standpoint. But the Marlins have been a model MLB organization, in my opinion, over the past uh, maybe two years. Like they, They've just been doing all the right things in terms of, you know, they, they've paid money. They've like the fact that teams just like teams just weren't interested in Starling Marte because of that $12.5 million option for next year. And the Marlins are like, well, we'll, we'll take him. Uh, I mean, I thought that that was a great move by them. They've been promoting pretty much anyone that they could even justify promoting this year. It's been awesome. I mean, I think, uh, the way they've developed pitching has been awesome. So, Really, really love what the Marlins have been doing. And, you know, Chisholm's one of those guys where he's, you know, a lot of the kind of same concerns that anyone would have had about, um, like, Fernando Tatis Jr. when he was a prospect. Those are kind of the same concerns you have with Chisholm where there's just – there's a lot of swing and miss, uh, but the tools are just off the charts and he's young enough and talented enough that it could just click at a certain point. And um, with guys that are that talented, I think the Marlins are just going to kind of see, like, does he strike out? Like, he's not going to strike out as much as Monty Harrison, but does he strike out you know, 40% of the time? If so, then they, they just send him back to alternate camp uh, after about a week or so. If he's striking out, 32% of the time though um, there could be some some big time production with that and I think that that's kind of what they're gonna gonna see uh, the, the defensive shortstop should be should be pretty awesome I mean he's the type of guy that can make some pretty spectacular plays with the glove uh, definitely has the speed to contribute on the bases so you know I, I think he's a guy where you kind of look see how he does over these next two days maybe maybe add him in some 15 teamers just because that power speed potential but uh, you know, I, I applaud them for starting his clock because they, they definitely didn't have to. I don't think anyone would have faulted them for waiting till till next year. But see what he has. If if he if he impresses, then he then he's up for good. If if not, then they just send him back down. Yeah, and you mentioned their work developing pitching. Sixto Sanchez has looked just unreal. Pablo Lopez really good too, and Eliezer Hernandez he went down yesterday as well, but. He's been pitching really well too, and yeah, just a fun team. And yeah, they're they are kind of. I know Jeter's taking some grief, and some of those trades definitely missed. But they're they're running a pretty pretty good organization, it seems like, and built pretty well, doing good good by their players, developing them, bringing them along the right path. So that's pretty cool and to see. They they won that. They won the Marcelo Zuna trade. Um, they definitely. They definitely lost the Christian Yelich trade, and uh, I mean the Stanton trade was more about the money than the players. Um, something that, you know, I mean, I wouldn't want to be paying John Carl Stanton um, the money he's owed over the rest of that contract. So I, I think you could argue that they won that trade too. Uh, but I mean, they definitely won the Marcelo Zuna trade because that was. I mean, I still think Sandy Alcantara. Like, if, if you can trade for him right now to dynasty league based off of that last rough start, I would do it in a heartbeat like i would 
Um, I think he's a great guy to buy low on. So, I mean, yeah, their, their rotation is just loaded. It sounds like uh, Edward Cabrera, uh, their top prospect who has not yet, or their top pitching prospect who has not made his big league debut. He's thrown off a mound again, so could see him in, uh, in a bullpen roll down the stretch at some point if, if he gets right. So, yeah, a lot to like there. Very cool. Yeah, I, <clears throat> that Stanton trade, yeah, with him – He's been trending. I, and as great as JT Realmuto is, they won that deal as well. Uh, you know, get a, the uh, Realmuto is a free agent after this month, and they have six for six years, so right. they're set up pretty well. What do you think of Ian Anderson's debut with the Braves? Not the debut, actually. Um, but what do you think about a start uh, the other night, Tuesday night, where he struck out eight? I was a little surprised to see that that K total. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, – well, I think that the, the key to his success through two starts has been that he's really leaned on the changeup. And, like, his changeup has just been uh, a dominant pitch for him uh, through two starts. And he might have better command of his off-speed stuff than his fastball. So I think his – sort of de-emphasizing the fastball. I mean, I think he's thrown the fastball under 50% of the time through two starts. Like, but that's really smart because that's you look at his walk issues in the minors where he's just kind of walking four and a half, five per nine, it seemed like at, at every stop in the upper levels. Uh, that's mostly fastball related where he just was unable to kind of get ahead uh, with the fastball. Um, but I think de-emphasizing that pitch and leaning on that, that changeup that's been awesome for him through two starts has been uh, been pretty huge. Now, I think the book will get out on him here if it's not already out after two starts. And, um, you know, I, I think that they're – like he – you know, whether or not you can quote unquote sell high on Ian Anderson in a dynasty league probably depends on the caliber of the managers in that dynasty league. But, uh, I would absolutely be trying to cash him out right now. I mean, there, there's not really like, if you can trade Davey Garcia based on that one start, I would cash him out immediately. Um, there's just, there's really not any pitching prospect that's, pitching well who i wouldn't try to try to change right now um it's yeah i mean i think this is definitely an opportunity to do that but um at the same time i think ian anderson's been much better than i would have expected i mean the 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 walk totals that's that's kind of what i would keep my eye on with him going forward is this real like is is he able to you know walk one or two guys per per start here or or is it going to kind of balloon to um, where it was for him in the minors last year. And if so, then that's going to be a real problem. But I, I definitely think his, his plan of attack uh, through two starts has been really smart. Did you pick up Ian Anderson in any leagues last weekend? I'm just curious because I didn't, and I'm having some remorse about that. I didn't. I I, I got a lot of Sixto Sanchez. Uh, oh, that'll make weeks. up for it. But, I mean, I, I've, I've been a big Sanchez guy, uh, so I've, you know, I liked him. Yeah, I can uh, attest more, to that. More than Mize. Um so I thought he, he was and I liked him more than like Tristan McKenzie. Um and they were kind of the two big guys that one weekend. 
so it was easy to shell out for him. Ian Anderson, I've been a big time doubter of, uh, especially over the past like calendar year. I just felt like the command was just a, a big time issue for him. And I mean, his, his fastball, it's not a great pitch. Like his fastball is like 94. Uh, like I said, the command's not great. So I still am wary on, on Anderson going forward. Uh, but I think Sixto Sanchez is absolutely the real deal. Now you said, I believe you said this, and this is what I heard in my mind anyway, that, you know, most pitching prospects right now, you'd, you'd be probably looking to sell on if you can get a good return for him. But is that the case with Spencer Howard? Like with this velo drop, are you selling low on him? Oh uh, man, he, that, that's tough. Uh, I wrote a note this morning. Um, Scott Lauber of the Philadelphia Inquirer was he, he talked to Joe Girardi, who was open about the fact that they're concerned about um, where his velo went in that last start. That was his best start as a pro, um, or at least his best start as a big leaguer, I should say. Uh, struck out the side in the first inning. Fastball was like touching 96, 97. Um, and then with each ensuing inning, it kept ticking down to the point where he was uh 92 miles an hour in the fourth uh under 92 miles an hour in the fifth didn't touch 95 with the fastball after the second inning and like Girardi says that Howard hasn't complained of any physical issues uh they're kind of trying to figure this out because he has not had a, a big issue holding velocity into the the middle innings of starts in the past, but that it's kind of you know one of those things where you definitely have to be concerned of an injury because that's often the reason for uh, velocity decline. And Howard throws really hard when he's at his best, so certainly a, a guy that's at high risk of of uh, suffering an injury. So I'm I'm concerned. I I really want to see what what he looks like in Saturday's start. Um. I don't think I don't think what you could get for Spencer Howard in a trade right now would justify moving him. Um, maybe I'm wrong about that, but I just I want to see what he looks like Saturday. Is the velocity like where's the velocity at in the first inning? First of all, like is he back up to ninety five, ninety six, and then he then he uh, kind of wears down as that start goes on, or does he open back up where he left off in his last one? Because if he comes out throwing ninety two the first inning Saturday, then you got a big-time problem. Yeah, you noted to me that you know, five of your top 17 pitching prospects out with arm injuries, you'd hate to see Howard added to that list. It's just a hard thing pitching at the major league level, and it's this is the story really every year, but I think this year it's been you know, turned up because of the short ramp-up period, and a lot of pitchers are getting hurt, not just these youngsters. It's a bummer, but you know, it's a, a price we pay for having baseball in 2020. Yeah, the the fifth guy there, um, just those five for anyone that's curious. Um, Nate Pearson, obviously. Uh, Edward Cabrera, we talked about. Forrest Whitley, who, who still isn't throwing, to my knowledge. Uh, A.J. Puck, obviously. And then uh, the most recent one is, is Matt Manning. Um, I mean, really, I'm, I'm, I'm kicking myself. Um, for not sort of seeing this coming with him, uh, just based on those comments from Alavila, like as soon as as soon as they promoted Tariq Skubal over Manning uh, a few weeks ago, it should have been just a gigantic 
red flag that Manning was hurt. Al Avila was talking about how it was his command and mechanics and stuff. Um, but he had a quote where he was, he had a quote where he's like, it's going to be a little longer on him now. Like the now part should have signaled, well, something happened to make it now. Uh, and, and that's just, uh, kicking myself for not seeing that one coming. But I mean, Manning's what's he got a forearm strain, like, it's sad as it is. I mean, I think he kind of got to just operate as if uh, Tommy John surgery is coming for him at some point here in the next, uh, I don't know if it's going to be weeks, months, whatever it is. It, that's uh, kind of the harsh reality of that injury with a, with a pitcher his age uh, who's never had Tommy John before and, and throws in the, the mid-90s. Um, so big bummer there with, with Matt Manning, who's one of my favorites. Uh Forrest Whitley, another one of my favorites. Who knows when we'll see him again. But, yeah, uh, pitching prospects will break your heart, which is part of the reason why I would recommend trying to trade any uh, any pitching prospect you have who's who's healthy right now and pitching well. Yeah, I – it is hard because I have a guy like, you know, Clark Schmidt in RDI, but, and you know, my brain tells me one thing, but my heart tells me another thing. And the pitching prospects will break your heart. So usually I should learn to think with my brain more, a little James. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, I just want to mention too as we wrap things up that Gavin Lux finally got the call back. And you said, you know, maybe Schmidt, maybe a few others. But is this kind of it after this latest wave of call-ups? Like really expect minimal, you know, uh arrivals new arrivals from here yeah i think i think we're, it's really drying up um one guy to keep an eye on uh i don't know if i would say he's he's probably not stashing caliber but and maybe maybe it's not even worth keeping an eye on if they traded for mike minor but it really sounded like dalton jeffries was making a lot of noise at a's camp and was going to be the next in line there if a spot opened up and I mean, they're, they're contending. So, you know, when, when a contending team like is, is losing an arm or something like that, then that can always change things and plans can change. But yeah, for the most part, I think that, uh, we've seen the kind of wave of, of noteworthy promotions at this point. Nice. Well, it's been fun, man. I always enjoy talking and, um, yeah, I don't really have much else to add. I still want to get a new hip hop topic to cover, uh, at some point, but you know, I don't want to force it. So we'll we'll come ap- across that eventually in a more you know in a natural way. I don't want to just force that. Yeah, this is. Uh, yeah, I think we only have three more in season apps after yeah. after this week. So um, I will just tease that I will have a brand new updated top four hundred prospect rankings uh thursday or friday uh, definitely gonna be some like jake cronenworth for instance I, I feel like i'm getting questions on where where he's gonna be almost daily i think he's gonna be pretty high um now he's only he's only got about 30 more at bats before he's off the list altogether so this will be kind of a 
a going out on top type of ranking for, for Jake Cronenworth, but definitely inside the top 50, uh, possibly inside the top 30. So keep an eye out for, for that update um, either Thursday or Friday. Yeah, what a story he's been, Cronenworth, and really the whole Padres. I, I'm glad I got the Reds' heartbreak out of the way early so I don't have any expectations for for the postseason. And maybe I'll be rooting for the pods. Pods and Marlins. Let's go. Hey, man. You guys got you got Archie Bradley and Brian Goodwin. What are you talking <laughs> yeah. about? They, they just push. can't score any runs. It's wild. I almost think Votto should – Votto might be just done done. I mean, What happened it's... to – what happened to Castellanos? Like, why is he? Why is he's he falling apart? And I, he's so swing happy. He gets. So, he does not want to take a pitch. Um, Votto's been bad. Sonny got roughed up, and really, I feel terrible for Luis Castillo. The underlying numbers have been great, but he just can't catch a break either. You know, in terms of support from his offense or in terms of support from his defense. So. Uh, if you spend an early rounder on Luis Castillo, you're probably uh, not doing too well. Oh, and five. Yeah, it's hard to believe. I'd but, say that 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 probably applies for half of the that's pitchers. True. That's true. Twice. Actually, yeah. I mean, he's probably in terms of K's. I mean, he's on par with Clevenger, maybe even more valuable at this point. Probably is even without any wins. But yeah, it's been tough on that side of things and. It's just another lesson in the, the volatility of pitching. Uh, we all we all want our aces, but sometimes, like a guy like Aaron Nola, uh, you can get a nut guy at a bit of a discount. It turns out to be the ace, and yeah, that's a, it's always hard because everything seems idyllic and everybody's healthy at the start, but uh, you just know that those injuries are going to ravage your team. Anything else on your mind, though, James? Before we wrap things up today. No man, uh, good chatting with you. Um, looking yeah, forward good. to this this home stretch here. We're almost there. Yeah, good luck in your leagues, James, and I will be putting in that work to try to you try to get back up there in the main. But uh, hope you guys you know have some good luck on your paths the rest of the way, and hope you join us next week on the RotoWire Prospect Podcast.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.